You're listening to The Magnet Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Magnet Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hornfeld. And my guest today, already having a great time, is the lovely Rebecca Robles. Rebecca, thanks for being here. I didn't know it was going to start so fast. I'm sorry, we just went right into it. We can continue where we left off before we started recording, though, because it, it, it. So we yeah. were we were talking about um, antiques, and and mm-hmm. you were saying that you love old music. Yes, um, I know that you're a really big Tony Bennett fan. Huge. Yeah. Who? What? What are other old musicians that you love? Um, Johnny Mathis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen him twice. Um, also. Not alive, like Sarah Vaughn is uh-huh. my favorite, my favorite female vocalist. Um, and yeah, I think oh, and Dinah Washington, and but I think yeah, like I was saying, for me, it's just it's exciting. It's from this time I wasn't there for. I don't know anything about, and uh, that's just super romantic, and it's it feels. I think you, I've always felt really honored. I'm like, oh wow, I'm singing something that I wasn't around for why it was written or, yeah. and I don't know the story. And so that's cool. It feels like, Oh, I'm really honored to be like doing that. So I've always been that way myself. I've always liked, like I, I fell in love with silent movies when I was a kid immediately yeah. the first time I watched them. And, um, I always had like a real attraction to like a Victorian sense of style. Yeah. And it was exactly that same thing. There was, there's like a haunted quality to it and and I like that feeling a lot that there was a whole world before I was there. Yeah. And it 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 kind of like makes your life feel a little bit more special somehow. That's why I love The Godfather 2 so much. <laughs> Me too. Oh my god. I mean yeah, I the first time well I I think I've told you I used to live out in this home with Indonesian roommates that like burned CDs from Redbox. Do you know what Redbox? Redbox. That's you can like rent DVDs like outside of a like a Seven Eleven, right? Yeah, and uh, so they had a whole suitcase in our house of DVDs that they'd like ripped from Redbox, and that's where I first saw the Godfather and and Godfather Part Two and Three, and it was uh, yeah that idea of like whoa this time and I'm watching it and like maybe this is what it was like and that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and also to see the similarities, we're like, oh, they still had love triangles and money drama. It's yeah. Like, oh, I can relate. Yeah. It. Um, uh, I, I used to really enjoy, um, like walking around when I was a kid and like looking for kind of like special places that had sort of like that whiff of history to them. Like yeah. I loved walking like downtown in New York and sort of ending up on a block that felt like it was from the Godfather. Yes. Yeah. I think, Oh my God, I can walk for days. Like you can walk and like, I feel, uh, if something comes over me, if I'm walking down the street and something just hits me where it's like, I need to stop and, and explore this corner or I just need to like be here and something happened here. I don't know. It's just, it feels really special to just uh, just be a part of a space yeah. and know that like so many things have come before you and happened before you and you just feel it. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying earlier today where it's with antiques as a kid, I was like, I loved going to antique stores because just holding something like holding an old plate or like an old shirt or 
something. It was there was something so exciting to think that this thing had been through all these other things just to get to where I was now. Yeah. And I had to have it, even if it was like a bowl yeah. that I was never going to use. It would just sit in my childhood bedroom. It was like, oh man, I oh all the the exciting possibilities of what this went through and how many ships it rode on to get to my bedroom yeah. <laughs> was it's exciting. I used to love going through old boxes of of family pictures. Yeah. And there cuz there's like an interesting thing when you're looking at old family pictures where people look really strange and unfamiliar and and you don't mm-hmm. know tons and tons of people and then every now and again you catch like Oh, those are my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a really interesting, like that, I, I, that could put me into like a little bit of a trance when I was younger doing that because it, it, it like opened up all of these emotions and feelings that I didn't really have a name for. It was just this weird feeling of like this whole history and this whole world that yeah. I have no part of, but there's like little tiny bits and pieces yeah. that are going to eventually become me. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. Yeah. Whose eyes do you have? Uh, my great, great grandfather on my mother's side by name of Vittorio Emanuele Fiorentino. Wow. And there's a picture of him, uh, uh, with my great, great grandmother where he's making the same expression with his eyes that I always make in pictures. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think I, I looked more, my dad was like a little, he's Mexican, but he was like very light skinned as a little boy and had, would wear like little overalls and little hats and had like big eyes. (laughs) And I feel like I looked, I'll see pictures like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if it's me or my dad. And my mom, uh, she always had like big bows in her hair or something. And so I I think she's probably going to hear this and text me no (laughs) but um but yeah I that is exciting it's cool to feel like you kind of realize uh you're part of something bigger it's like moments like that where you're like oh I'm yeah I'm connected you feel that connection and that's exciting yeah um yeah I used to when I was around like 13 14 I have really warm memories of um just having like nice kind of heart to hearts with my mom like she she would drive me to the mall to like buy like new clothes for the school year. But my mom has always been a really like open, candid person and has always treated me like an adult. She's always kind of had an attitude that like if I if I show maturity and, and respect, then I should be treated the same as anybody, which I've always really appreciated. Yeah. And she would tell me stories uh, like driving to the mall just like about the family and whatnot. And I remember telling me a story about my great grandmother who, when I was very little, she lived with us. Um, so she was like 90 when I was a kid, but she, I, I knew her and, um, and my mom telling me that, uh, she, when she was a young girl, she got married in 1914. She was 16 when she got married. And my mom said that really she loved her, her husband's brother. (laughs) And uh, she told you that, or your mom told you, my mom told me, that. oh my gosh. Um, but it was like, I had like, um, I don't know. It was like an imprint moment for me or something. It was like, uh, uh, like some part of my brain when I heard that, like opened up. Yeah. Um, and it was just like this realization of like, 
oh, all these other people who came before me mm-hmm. made all these choices with their lives for yeah. better or for worse. And now here I am. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like totally that thing of like you, you sense these like invisible roots that are just like stretching backwards in time and, 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 and I'm not exactly who I think I am. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. as autonomous as I feel like I am. It's a really magical feeling. Or like you think, oh, I didn't just happen because I was meant to ha- mm-hmm. happen. Maybe I'm killing like a romantic view a lot of people have, but you're like, oh, because my dad chose to stay in uh Berkeley, California, and open a restaurant there and then be a cop and then met my mom, who on a dare was like, I think I'm going to try to be a cop. And then they were partners. And then, you know, then I happened. Then that's why I happened. And it's cool. But it's not like, I don't know how much of like, cosmos like brought me here. It would, I don't know, but it is when you start to break down the choices and the decisions, it's, uh, it is crazy. They're like, Whoa, if one thing had been different, who knows yeah. if I would have been here. And, um, that's pretty cool. I find it actually like more, more magical to, to not think of it like I was meant to be here because like yeah. when you entertain that, it, it like the whole universe becomes too private yeah I, you know it's i think it's it you're right it's way more exciting to think like oh man like ooh, how like punk rock is it of like this this little baby choice like kicked out this other choice and then yeah it's pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool so do you do you get those feelings when you sing old music what do you mean the, well you were saying that like you've always been attracted to to like um, Sarah Vaughan, yeah, and uh, uh, kind of like music from another generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you recorded a demo. When you, how old were you? When you recorded <laughs> I, them? I was thirteen, thirteen, which was really important to me that it happened <clears throat> then because Leanne Rhymes had come out with Blue, uh-huh. her big smash uh, country album, uh, when she was thirteen, and I remember being like eight or something and holding the tape in the back seat of my mom's Mazda and being like shit <laughs> like i need to hurry up yeah. <laughs> i need to record something so my mom met some woman like i don't know how my mom is very cool both my parents are like big hustlers mm-hmm. uh and they've always been like very hustler for me like very like s- cool stage parents <laughs> like they don't totally grasp the business but i, I like that because i don't either and all they know is that it involves, you need other people involved. And so I don't know how it happened. My mom met some lady probably in, while commuting to work who like worked at a studio. And uh, then she was like, okay, we have an appointment Saturday to go record. This woman says you have an hour and you can record whatever you want. And so we recorded like a couple songs. And yeah, they were all like 40s tunes. Yeah. Um, so you were saying, do I feel like a connection to... Like the, or, the spirit of that music does something to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think... I don't know if it's for me. I've always sort of... I don't want to say, oh, I was born in the wrong time, because I don't feel that way. I think I'd probably feel that way if no matter what the time yeah. was. But I do... I like the feeling of transporting somewhere else um, just momentarily. And singing those songs kind of does that, where it's like... You sing those songs and you just, it's a, it's in a language or a vernacular that like connects you to, an, to other people. And, um, uh, yeah, then I kind of feel in that moment, like, oh, I'm a character. Like I can kind of escape and be another person. 
and that's uh, pretty cool and powerful. And, um, but I've always loved being someone else. <laughs> I've always been attracted to that. I've always loved costumes and um, the, the feeling. I, every time we would go to the movies, and we went to the movies a lot when I was a kid, every time I left the theater, I can remember like walking down that aisle with the little lights mm-hmm. on the side, and I would ch- immediately just choose who I was from the movie, and I would start, <laughs> I would, my face, I would like try to make my face like theirs, and try to walk like them, and if it had been grumpy old men, like I was like, who am I? Like, <laughs> which one am I? <laughs> and like, uh, I never told my mom that, but I, us- I usually went to movies with her, but I would like act like that character for like the rest of the day, and I'd like, just try to be like them. Uh, I don't know why, but it was just fun. It was fun to feel like you could just sort of let another being kind of take over your body and just see if you enjoyed it or you could do it or not. I don't know. There's something about that that kind of like when you return to yourself, you kind of like enjoy being yourself a little bit more, don't you think? Yeah. Yes, you do. So I, it also, I think it makes me realize, like, or makes you kind of aware of what makes you yourself. Yeah. Um, like, I don't always realize, I'm not always aware of how I'm holding my body or yeah. how I, how I uh, speak or how I move, you know. And then when you kind of take on another physicality um, and then come back to yourself totally, you're like, oh, this is me. Oh, this is what's comfortable for me and this is who I am. And that is, that's nice. Yeah. Um, so totally. Yeah. So going back. So, so your parents were kind of stage parents. Yeah. But in like the best, not in like a gypsy, gypsy <laughs> rose, <laughs> like, like scary way. Yes. Oh my God. No shame about it too, which is so cool. And I wish I, it, well, so my dad, for example, uh, We'd go to piano bars, and he'll just, to this day, this just happened, what, over Thanksgiving? He'll go up to the, the piano bar and be like, hi, uh, excuse me, excuse me. I won't do his accent, but it's very Mexican. And he'll be like, oh, my, my daughter, my daughter sings, so she's very good. Okay, Becky, come here, come on, sing, sing something. And they're like, we're, we're playing a song here, you know, and then this, I get really embarrassed. And he's very, like, he just sort of... Uh, staggers over to the piano and like tells them to stop and that I'm a famous singer and that everyone should hear me. And it's cool. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> and my mom, oh yeah, almost every time we would go get, she'd be getting like her hair done, she'd be like, oh yes, Becky's in singing lessons, get up, sing something. Mm. And like very like ready, go. And it felt very uh, vaudeville. And sure, sometimes I, I hated it. Um, I'd be like, I don't want to do this right now. But as I got older, I, I do appreciate that uh, they're just, they're super excited yeah. about it. And they love, they, they love to watch their kid do something. And sure, for years, I would like kind of rebel and be like, like, let me be me. I don't want to do this right now. And But when I went back recently, like a few weeks ago, I just kind of see in them that like, they just love me and they just want to see it and they're proud and excited and yeah they like to brag and uh I think if I I, if I ever have a kid no matter what they do I'm gonna be like so excited and yeah make everyone stop and watch them do whatever (laughs) it is they're good at um but yeah definitely hustlers definitely um 
you know, had talks with teachers like, she should be in level five skiing. Like, why are you starting her in level one skiing uh, class? You know, they just always thought I was like ready to rock before I was. <laughs> and uh, I remember my dad like booing someone at a county fair. <laughs> Because, because I remember it was, it's so funny. I was really pissed at the time, but sorry, Grant, I know I peaked. (laughs) (laughs) Grant is sitting to my right now and he's laughing right now. So you can visualize this audience. Grant's here. Evan's here. Armando's not here. (laughs) I'm trying so hard not to bring Armando up, but like. It's too late. It's happening. I wish he was here. Um. Uh, so your dad booed somebody at a oh, country yeah. fair. Yeah, county, county fair, fair, Alameda <laughs> County Fair. I think it was the first time I performed there, <clears throat> and I was singing Out of My Dreams from Oklahoma, uh, and um, the prize was like $75 and a big blue ribbon, <clears throat> and if you won. And I remember this girl got up with like a big white ball gown and was singing a song from Jekyll and Hyde called like someone like you or something. And it was very like someone like you, like very dramatic. And my dad was like, boom. <laughs> Cause she went up after me and he was like chanting like, my daughter's the best. You are the worst. <laughs> and like, <laughs> he might've had a beer. I don't know. But he was like, I remember his friend Kent, they were both like, they had been police officers together. Kent was like, I'm still a little, not very supportive of me. Kent was like, you know, she's, this girl's actually, she's very good. And I remember I was like torn between Kent who seemed to be cheering for this other girl. And it's like, you came with us. <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad, who was like booing this girl. Uh, and I didn't know. And I ended up, I ended up winning, but it was like bittersweet. Cause I just like stood there with my ribbon, like, Oh, like I don't know if I deserve this or does everyone hate me <laughs> because of my because of my uh, cheering crowd. But yeah, yeah, I did a lot of county fairs. I've always been attracted to like anything vaudeville, anything scrappy, like a scrappy performance. Like mm-hmm. nothing. I don't think anything is like too lowly. I love that stuff. Like I love the idea of like performing in a hotel of a casino, like hotel lobby, lounge bar, like some of my favorite memories are like going to see magic shows at casinos mm-hmm. in, and, uh, <clears throat> and stuff like that where it's like very circus, like very vaudeville, pretty unrehearsed, uh, in Vegas. I mean, you're in Vegas, you could see anything. And my favorite thing was my dad and I went to see, <clears throat> uh, a pet show. It was like a house pet show. And it was a Russian man and his beautiful daughter. And they had like 40 house cats. And they just like, the cats just ran across the stage. To, do you know that song that's like, and it's just cats running back and forth. And my dad was pissed because someone had told him like, oh, Memo, you've got to go see this show. And so (laughs) someone had told him it was like a a well-kept secret and we're watching this and he's just like groaning the whole time. Like like he makes that growly sound. And uh, yeah, it was just like cats running back and forth. And then there was a weird break and this man's like sexy daughter comes out and does a cane dance, like a 
Top Hat and Kane like sexy dance to a techno remix version of Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> and um, I remember just thinking like, this is a show. <laughs> like, this is cool. Um, and that, yeah, so it's stuff, that's my favorite. Like, I love that kind of thing. If I could like just travel around and perform in that kind of stuff, like, that's fine with me. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, yeah. <laughs> you, it, so I want to talk about two things. Yes. Um, one is, well, I guess like, um, back to your parents for a second. Were they kind of um, pushing you into performing or were you naturally like they saw that you like loved it and so they kind of like adapted themselves to yeah. like create as many opportunities for you as possible? Um, probably a mix. Like my my mom, <clears throat> my mom will tell the story of like uh, that I was watching a lot of Pee Wee Herman as a kid mm-hmm. and my dad was getting uncomfortable with that because at the time... Yes, Pee Wee had gotten in trouble, (laughs) in trouble, Um, and he was like, "I don't want her watching this anymore." And it was Saturday morning, so my mom put me into. She was like trying to think of things for me to do, and put me into a tap class. Mm -hmm. And I was about three, like three or four, and I think it just sort of happened that I loved to do it. Like she was really into Shirley Temple, and I'm not. I don't think of this as a negative thing but I do think part of her was like that'd be cool if Mm -hmm. like my kid was into what Shirley Temple was into and it ended up that I was like I just loved performing and so my mom was very good about like finding different opportunities um and my dad was just he was cool with it uh I don't know that he was he definitely you know put me in kung fu and would like take me to try to like shoot guns or like use slingshots. And I remember I was like, oh, I want to like this, but I just don't. Yeah. Or like fishing. Um, and I think it's just, it was his way of like, this is what I know and I'm going to share it with you. Mm-hmm. And then my mom being like, this is what I know and I'm going to, uh, my mom is very musical. Like she plays a lot of instruments and sings. And I think it just sort of happened that I loved this. I loved performing. And so, they were, yeah, I have to say, I'm really, it's, they were never like, you should do something else. Like, uh oh, how are you going to make money? It was mm-hmm. always like, my dad was even like, you don't have to go to college. Like I could, I could be your manager and like, you could just sing. I know a lot of cool, cool piano bars <laughs> that we could go to. Um, that he might not actually know. He might just go to them and, yeah. and insist that they that like I sing. sing. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they were, they've always been really supportive of it, uh, which is cool. Um, and Manco Carlos, I've thought about this. He's the only one that was like super into it. You know, we'd go see Johnny Mathis together and stuff, but then he always had this idea that I should be a diplomat hmm. and he was always pushing that I should get into Mike Shirley Temple. Yes, actually like Shirley Temple, I guess. But yeah, he, he thought I'd be really good in politics hmm. and I don't know. I don't think so. I was class president a lot, but I don't think I just like, I like organizing fun I like I like everybody having a good time and being happy, and I like making Armando happy <laughs> and laugh. And I don't know, there's just something about 
that that I like. I don't think I would I'd be a good politician, but I yeah. Well, it's interesting because like you have a little bit of that hustler quality too, <laughs> yeah. but like in a really interesting way. You just like you you know how to talk to people and you know how to get people talking and get people involved. You're the only person I I know who like goes to get coffee and then like the entire staff at the coffee shop comes out to see your show later that night. That's Gregory's coffee on 31st and 6th, by the way. They're really nice people and have great coffee. Um, You know, well, that's very sweet of you. I think, I used to think that was a negative thing. Mm -hmm. I used to think that was like, oh, people are going to think that that's me being fake or that's me being, yeah, just uh, too happy or too positive. But I don't know. I love, I love just like, yeah, sharing what I'm up to and finding out what other people are up to. I like getting everyone involved and I've always loved that. And it's like, hey, I'm doing this thing and like, it's just going to be better if there's other people there. So you guys should come. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I think, uh, it's just nice. It's just nice to get everyone together and sometimes too, you don't know if, uh, someone's just waiting to be asked to like, come hang out. You know, mm. I think really it's like people want to do these things. People want to see shows. People want to, even if it's, we're not talking about performance, people want to hang out <laughs> with you or like make friends. But I think sometimes they just need like a little push or they need an idea. Yeah. And I've always, since I was a kid, loved being that person that's like, I got it, you guys. We're all getting pizza later. Like, And also I think it's fun to uh, kind of like take the what's the word on that? Not pressure, but to, oh yeah, I guess take the pressure off of like, oh, I hope someone comes and likes what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, or it's like more than that. I just want people to like, just show up and have a good time. And, and, uh, sure. There's like a, a little bit of like a game to it of like, I worked at the mall for a while <clears throat> on commission and there's just like, oh man, like how many lipsticks can I sell today? Mm-hmm. And sure. There's that. I've always loved, uh, sales. That's something I can't deny. I have always loved, like, let's just see if, if I can, like, get people excited about this thing. Um, but then there's that part of it, the sales part, and then there's the part where it's like, but I also genuinely want people to have fun and make friends. And if they leave thinking what I did was crap, but they leave and they have, like, made a new friend or maybe they didn't go home and, like, wish they'd done something, then that's cool. That's still a win. Um because it's in the end, it's re- you can't control if people like what you do or not. Yeah. But yeah, everyone at Gregory's came out one time to Inspirato, and like we probably had a bad show, but it didn't matter. Like they were just like, that was cool that we got invited, and that's nice. Yeah. So if I die the next day, it's like I feel cool. Like, you know, at least I invited people to come have fun. Or, yeah. I don't know if any of this made sense, but no, it ultimately- does. It makes it's interesting. <laughs> For me, because that's not a way of thinking that comes naturally or easily to me. Sure. Um, I I rarely assume that anybody wants to be bothered to spend time with me at all or be interested in anything that I'm doing. And and so it's hard for me to muster up. Like, I I don't talk to strangers. I don't talk to people. I I don't know. I just don't. It, it, I go completely blank and don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. and it's interesting that like you like sales so much because it 
it is sort of like that vaudeville thing again. Oh, it, it's like I it, love it. it, but it's kind of awesome because it, it's like, well, your job is to get people in these seats. Your, yes, it, your job is to sell them on hanging around and and mm-hmm. and seeing you. But then at the same time, you're also entertaining them and giving them something that's going to be really yeah. fun. It's one of the things that's like so delightful <laughs> about playing with you is oh. is you're just there to not have a great time to make a great time for everybody. And Thanks, so like, Lewis. I, it's true. And it, it, I know like when I'm playing <laughs> with you, it puts me in like a very easygoing state of mind because I just sort of, I don't worry anymore that like, Oh, people aren't going to like this Aww. or I'm not going to be able to pull this off. It's just kind of like, Oh, this is like a great fun time. And just like, okay, whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you. Um, no, I think, I feel an example I can think of is like, uh, well, first of all, I think everyone's scared. Everyone's scared and doesn't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's, what, what's about to happen, you know, when doing a show. The audience doesn't know. And it's kind of this like freeing feeling to be like, we're all on the same page. You know, like I may know form or something. I may know like the form we're about to do for this improv show, but like, I don't know what's going to happen. And Mm. you don't know as the audience what's going to happen. So we're all, it sounds maybe cheesy, but it's true. We're all like in this together. So like everyone ultimately just wants to have a good time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's that, uh, that like vaudeville idea that I guess as you're talking about, it made me realize like, yeah, that's totally my ideology is like I can remember being at the fair I went to a lot of fairs my dad was really big on like we got to hit every county fair and uh, my mom would take me to like state fairs or we'd go to the cow palace in San Francisco you know Evan yeah (laughs) the cow palace for like boat shows grand national rodeo uh bird shows like uh and why? Why would you go to a bird show in a big warehouse? But, like, there's something about that man screaming on the commercial, like, bird show every macaw. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's, you get there and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be crazy. And it's just a lot of birds in a room. <laughs> but, like, someone sold me on that. And, like, I remember one of the worst ones, but I'm so happy I went is the gem show. I saw hot pink signs, neon pink signs all over the freeways by the side of the road, like hammered into the, the telephone poles. And it just says gem show like this weekend only. And that, that's what gets you. It's like, Oh my God, it's only this weekend. Mm. It's a bit, what is it? It's just gems. And it was so boring. It was just a room full of rocks. And I think I bought a huge bag of shark teeth from New Zealand for like $2. It's pretty cool. It was really cool. Was it boring? Completely. But like, also, I don't know. There was just, I'm so happy we went. My mom and I went and like, it was amazing. There was no other way I would have wanted to spend that weekend. Cause it's like, I took a chance. Like she and I took a chance on something. We're like, what the hell is this? We don't know anything about this. You meet people who this is their life. This is their community. This is what they're passionate about. And that's enough for me. And so I think, too, that's kind of like what my feeling is behind any show I'm in, where it's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're not going to like it. But like, I think ultimately people are excited and intrigued by like, I don't know what is going to happen. And that's, and I want to meet the the people behind this and, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's exciting, and, and yes, I like to sell people on that idea. <laughs> See, that's really interesting. Because, I mean, that it, basically, if you've never seen the Rebecca Robles show at the Magnet, <laughs> what you just described is a perfect description of the show. Yes. It, 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 there's this like great mystery to it of what the hell is this? Yeah, always. What is going to happen? <laughs> but it, what's actually super interesting is you saying, like, I, I want to meet the people behind this. So like, I remember when I lived on Staten Island, one of my favorite things when I when I had like Friday nights off, I used to love going home and watching community television. Yeah. Um, I, I had like I had I had all my favorite shows picked out. Um and part of what I love so much about it was you just like you're just getting this kind of pure weird thing from somebody's brain. It it it's just whatever this mm-hmm. person finds entertaining is what they're putting up and some of it was so fucking bizarre. <laughs> But it totally, it, it, at the same time as you're kind of sitting, scratching your head, being like, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> you're also thinking of like, who is this? <laughs> How does this person's mind work? I remember I, for a while, Megan and Charlie Whitcroft and Corey Grimes and I were all producers at, at CTV on Staten Island. Uh-huh. So we had oh like, God. we would like make movies and then put it up. And uh, we met one of the stars of one of my favorite shows. She like came into the, the booth while we were like doing an edit. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like her the whole thing, it's kind of like the cliched CTV thing. Her whole thing was just singing songs in front of like a blue screen with like tie-dye <laughs> designs going on behind her and she's just like putting on different costumes. That's that's perfect. Where is she? I don't know now, but I, I remember like when she walked into the room being so excited. Yeah. It's like, there you are. And like just wanting to talk to her just to get a sense of, of like, yeah. who are you exactly? <laughs> it It's neat because it, it that's like exactly what your show is like. Yeah, um, you were mentioning Pee Wee Herman before too, Pee Wee's yes. Playhouse. And every time I see Rebecca Robles' show, I always think Pee Wee's Playhouse. It has that element oh, cool. of like, here's sort of like a magic world <laughs> where like you don't know all the rules of this world, and any weird thing can happen at any time. Yeah. and let's all have fun, <laughs> kids. I, yeah, I think. Um, well, yeah, like for what what you were saying, it's like. Uh, I don't know if I've ever left an improv show. I'm not the kind of person who leaves most shows being like, my favorite part of the show was like this sketch or this joke Mm. or when this person did a somersault or this song. It's usually like, oh man, I really liked kind of just seeing that person in action. Mm. Like just like seeing them look scared or make mistakes or have a really good time or I don't know, just like feeling like, yeah, I'm getting inside what this person is about a little Mm -hmm. bit, which is what is so exciting about live performance, any kind of live performance and um, what you get with like public access where it's like, yeah, there's just, there's no time to kind of like refine and really polish and you just sort of, you're out there and you're really seeing these people and that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with Pee-wee, uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse, totally. Like what I love some, the most is like all the guests, all these people that just sort of come and go in the world. And that's huge for me. Like with my show, uh, <laughs> it's definitely been like, 
uh, criticized for, in a good way. Like it's it's a totally valid note, and I should take it, but I can't. <laughs> when they're like, "Hey, Rebecca, um, great job," but like maybe like make it more about you. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's true." And then I'm like, "Oh shit, I just want." more people to come out of these, this one door. I can't stop. I love that idea of like, just people interrupting is so funny to me, (laughs) which is why I was telling you before we started rolling where it's like, I'm so sad. Armando's not here today because I had a whole idea (laughs) where Armando Diaz would just like bust in and interrupt and we'd fight or like, you know, he'd, he'd just be over it. Uh, or something, but I love, there's, I don't know, there's something funny to me about like being interrupted (laughs) and I, I love interrupting rooms that look like something serious is happening. Um, I don't know if it comes from being a kid and like, even though I was an only child, I lived with a lot of people. And like when I was at my dad's house, I had my uncles and my aunt and my grandma. And so I'd be in the middle of like dancing in front of the mirror or like lip syncing to something and like the door would just, somebody knock and then just swing the door open and it'd be my Uncle Carlos being like, oh, do you want a sandwich or something? Mm-hmm. Where, I don't know, that idea, that idea of like, there's just, you're not, you're not alone. Like you're not, uh, you live in a world or in a home or in a, on a stage with other people. And like, maybe you have some great act you want to rock out, but like, I don't know, you're just, you're not by yourself in this world and I like that I like that there's just people in <laughs> just walking in on you well it's uh, interesting just like <clears throat> that note that like maybe the show should be more about you <laughs> it's like well it, it by having people constantly interrupt you and having <laughs> like all kinds of weird guests coming yeah. on for no reason that actually is kind of <laughs> the perfect reflection of you right like that's because like you're you're someone who's constantly engaging strangers and and turning yeah. people into friends that seems to be like you're you're like an alchemist a little bit you're you're just like you're turning strangers into friends everywhere you go it's like and it's totally true i don't think i've ever been anywhere with you where that hasn't happened <laughs> i mean it's i definitely you have to be careful i don't know it's like i could get into that whole thing where it's like you got to be careful who you open up to because yeah, you don't yeah. know. You can't control how they're going to react yeah. or if they're going to think, oh, you're like, you're flirting with me. Yeah. And it's like, no, I just want, no, that's not it. But, and that's unfortunate, but what can you do? But does that happen a lot? Well, yeah, not necessarily the flirting thing, but just like a dangerous sort of thing where it's like, I'll get really, I want to talk to someone. Well, for example, like, and my dad is always like, Becky, like, don't, you can't trust anyone. You can't just be friendly all the time. And he's, you know, I don't want to live like that where I'm always scared. But Mm. yeah, I see he, I've definitely gotten in trouble where like one time I was a teenager, I was probably like 15, 16. And I went to like get breakfast to like pick up breakfast for me and my dad. And I'm sitting there. It's funny now, but it it was not then. Uh, I was sitting there and this man who worked at the local racetrack, this like kind of grizzlied cowboyish city cowboy guy looked kind of lonely, was like sitting at the counter also waiting for his breakfast. And I was thinking to myself like, Oh, like all I saw was like, he looks lonely. And so I start talking and then like he starts just, we start just having a conversation. And, uh, then, I leave and think nothing of it, and I was just being friendly. And uh, days later, my I think I went went away or something. My dad was like, did you talk to some man from the racetrack? I was like, huh? And he's like, this guy, I guess, had like followed me 
to the, this is so dark. Mm. I'm sorry. But this guy followed, had like followed me back to my dad's store and I didn't know. And like started coming around asking where I was. And that was, my dad would got really upset and I totally get it. Like he was like, you can't, you can't do that. It's okay, Evan. Evan bumped the table. It's totally fine. Um, See, there you are, diffusing embarrassment, <laughs> turning it into joy. Oh Evan's smiling. Look at yeah, him. Evan's He's so good. sweet. Yeah. That's one of those eye smiles, too. Well, he needs it. I got to say, I didn't know. Thank you. This is good. My story needed a break because it was <laughs> scary. <laughs> this would be a perfect time for Armando to walk in. To walk in and be like, well, you know, like, get out of here or something. <laughs> but anyway... Yeah, anyway, that got it kind of opened my eyes to like, oh, you yeah, you can't control how everyone's going to see your personality. Like yeah. who knows what that weirdo was thinking, but it's like he interpreted it as like whatever, you know, some if it was flirting or if it was an invitation or who knows. And it's sad and it's gross and it's upsetting, but like so you have to be careful, but mm. also yeah, I mean that's just the unfortunate part, but it's I kind of have struggled a lot over the years with this idea of like, well, ugh, do I deny how much of my personality like do I tr- deny, you know? And it's the it sucks about the world where like that's going to happen. That so you just people are people and have their own way of looking at things and who you are. But I can't. I don't want to live in fear mm. and live in like, oh, I can't be myself, you know, or I have to give everyone a mean look on the train mm. and. Um, cause that's not fair. You know, like I, <clears throat> I am a, I am someone who loves to talk to strangers and, um, I'm certainly more careful, you know, I'm, but I've always, I've always loved to connect with people. Like that's my favorite. I don't know if that's the only child thing or just, I love it. Uh, I used to get in trouble <laughs> for picking kids up a lot as a kid. Mm. I just couldn't wait to like pick other children up and like throw them around. <laughs> I don't know. That was like my way of like, I want to connect with you. I want to be your friend. Like, I'm going to pick you up because I'm tall for a kindergartner. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I think it's it's part of this. I mean, I could get into like how I kind of have this quick theory where it's like, I think a lot of people are waiting for heaven or like this other world for after they die to be that time when we all get together and mm-hmm. we all are buds and we all are, live together and, and connect with each other. And I feel like that should and can happen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of like at the core of what I feel. It's like, I think we need each other and I don't think we need to wait for this like promised land uh, to finally all like be together and like help each other out. Um, so Yeah. That's kind of, I, I just, and I also, I lo- so I love being around a lot of people and that's why I guess it comes out in people interrupting me in, in my show. And any chance, any chance to like make my friends dress weird and just like walk through the door and yeah. Well, that's another thing I want to talk about. <laughs> we were talking the other day, you had told me about a planned bit that you had like been keeping in your back pocket for a while. Oh, for years. Yeah. So you just like... <laughs> You come up with like random weird bits that would make you laugh and and sort of pull them out whenever you feel like it. Yeah. So I think I can say, I'll say one of them out loud because it's not going to happen because it was this really great idea I had for the Maggies, (laughs) which is the award show for the Magnet Theater. The fake award show. The the fake award show. Um, I did not text this idea to Peter McNerney, but 
I've told you about this. Um, hi, Armando. <laughs> this involves you, big guy. <laughs> but this, this, this was, um, this was, <laughs> do you got, uh, does, well, the song is Broadway Baby from, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. It's from a big musical. What, Follies? Uh, Broadway Follies. Yeah. It, an old one, like Broadway <laughs> yes. Follies of 1933 or something? Yeah, it's something, Elaine Stritch sang it. Okay, yeah. Like, I'm just a Broadway baby. Yeah. And uh, my idea was like, so the song, which I think everyone should pause this and listen to, it's really great. It's about someone just moving to the city, you know, trying to like get on the marquee and like stomp in 42nd Street trying to get in a show. And my idea was that I'd come out dressed like Armando, who had just moved to the city and like holding a suitcase and just wide eyed and like ready to, you know, just, oh, just wants to be in a show. And I was going to sing the whole song as like young Armando before he starts the magnet. Okay, Armando, here's what I was keeping from you. (laughs) I wanted to steal his magnet leather jacket and like maybe put some like rhinestones on it. And at the end of the song, uh, he does open the magnet and like then I would put the jacket on and there's like some little fake crystals on it to like show he's really made it in the big time. Um, I have a more fully realized like (laughs) version. But yes, I walk around with ideas. Uh, and like ideas to like get other people in oh, your life to like have to play. Yes. Well, like in that one, for example, it was so not just me as Armando. Like you were in it, Quentin, Charlie Whitcroft, Dan Farrell. Like I wanted the whole boss, uh, the boss in the show um, as like, because there's a whole par- part where like men with top hats and canes come out and would like lift young Armando in the air. <laughs> Um, and I just saw, and then in the beginning of that bit too, like not, yeah, yeah. At the beginning it was like, um, uh, definitely Kevin Cobbs and then like whoever else wanted are like people rushing back and forth, like beep, beep, excuse me out of the way. Like, and poor young Armando is like, whoa, <laughs> like maybe like if there was a way to get like a splash, like a really yucky puddle splash from like, if Matt Saletti could be like in a car, in like a cardboard car and like, like, Hey, watch where you're going kid. And like somehow some water could get in Armando's face, young Armando's face. But yeah, a lot of people like that, that bit would have like at least 15 to like 28 people being like in the streets, like rushing and Armando's getting knocked around. And then the boss, you guys would come out and like do a little dance and, um, Maybe in, I don't know, there'd be a love interest. I'd probably make my boyfriend dress in like a beautiful wig and like, I don't know, something. But yeah. He would do it. He would do it. (laughs) But yes, I think uh, my bits always involve like 40 other parts Mm -hmm. and then also 40 other people. And Matt. Antonucci, yes, the one I love so much. I couldn't. I tried so hard, Louis, not to bring it up. But I, I told him, I was like, I don't think I can get through this podcast without talking about you. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's so smart and good at sketch that he's always like, hey, yeah, uh, I think you, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot going on. We've got to make it more simple. I'm like, okay, cool. So then how can we get someone one of my cousins in Mexico to phone in and like, we see them on the screen and he's like, no, we can't, can't do, or I've always tried to get this done. Maybe, you know, Lewis, like in my show, the Rebecca Robles show, I really want like a live feed from the lobby. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know why. I'm just, I really, I want like, I want to see what's, I want to interact with someone who's just hanging out in the lobby, like check in with interns or something. The way Letterman would like sure, yeah, yeah. check in with people. I love that. That's a huge inspiration for me. I love the idea of like, yeah, okay, enough about me. Let's check in with this person who's do- not doing anything yeah. and talk to them for, f- for 15 minutes. <laughs> um, so I'm really hoping that at some point I can run a live feed from the lobby. That shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's, but, that's totally doable. But but you know what I'm talking about, right? Rupert from yeah. Hello Deli on Let Oh my God. That's huge for me. If I had to pick one thing in my show that like for my show is like that's an inspiration, it's like that. It's Letterman talking to Rupert. Yeah. It's so funny. Or Letterman making uh, so Rupert owns the Hello Deli, that little bodega around the corner from the Ed Sullivan Theater. And he missed, Rupert's a normal dude. And like he just for years has made Rupert do things like my favorite is he made Rupert go water skiing with like an Olympic water skier in the Hudson. And they just kept checking in with him throughout the show. Like, how you doing, Rupert? And like Rupert could never get up on the skis. Uh, and the payoff wasn't that big, but it's like. It's so funny to me. So that's huge. It's just a lot of checking in with people who maybe don't want to be checked in with. See, that's what's so funny to me is like, from my perspective, it seems like you're kind of busy, like constantly creating this like other universe and constantly looking for ways to... Um, get everybody around you to be involved in the making of it. And like it, it's not like there's like a game that you're building to and there's no like punchline to it. No, no punchline. It's just, it's just like the act of involving everybody into like being part of your world and like putting on a show is like yeah the reason for the whole thing. And it's like, it's a super, I don't know, you get like caught up in it. I like Armando. Hi Armando. Probably wouldn't like dance or whatever no but it, it like the stuff that you describe about armando is generally uh, wildly out of character for him you're pretty much the only person i could think of who could get him to like participate no. in any yeah i think well, so <laughs> the thing here's the thing with armando diaz i <laughs> i think because for me first of all he's so cool and he's so talented and smart and like off limits mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it's like whoa he's the big guy he's in charge he, you know, he's seen it all. He's he's been doing this for years and like he gets it. So yeah, it's kind of like that feeling of like, oh gee, who am I? Like, what do I know? But I'm also I'm just I'm curious. He he does know so much and has been around so much that it's so cool. I just I wanna talk to him. And I have this feeling of like, well, yeah, I'll just be honest about it. I think I was like nervous and shy to talk or ask him about anything for like a day. And then I let it go. Cause I was just like, but you know what? Like who knows? I might die <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> I got to talk to Armando, but also, yeah. And then it, that was maybe the smart reason of what I think is so cool about Armando. But then the other thing that can't get me to stop thinking of plans to get him to like sing and dance or do bits. is just like, uh, yeah, that he, maybe that is that element of like a big brother that like won't, that big brother that's like, no way, I'm not doing it. And so I just can't stop. Like, I've always been a little bit of, like, a prankster. Like, I like the minute someone's like, hey, Becky, like, no. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's like, if someone's like, hey, uh, Rebecca, um, you know, 
you can't come in the office. You can't put your makeup bag in the office. It's no longer about like, I want to put my things in the office. It's just like, ooh, I just want to say hi <laughs> to everyone in the office. I don't know. There's just some sort of idea. I love the idea of like, this is off limits or like so-and-so's probably going to say no to that. It's like, yeah, I'll ask them anyway. Maybe they want to do it. But I don't know. To, to me, Armando's like a long lost, like cool kid on the street that like our brother... The cool kid who like discovered cigarettes and is like around the, the back of the gym, like, and everyone's like, oh, shh, sh- he's too cool. You can't talk. <laughs> There's no chance, girl. Like, you're gonna, that he'll be your bud. It's like, hey, <laughs> you know, like, I wanna be his friend. And like, I don't know. I just think, uh, I also think, here's my thoughts. <laughs> I think you, yeah, I think everyone wants to sing and dance and do something dumb. I don't know. Uh, but you're, you got to finish watching Deadwood, Rebecca. Oh, I do got to finish watching we haven't Deadwood. Gotten, you're going to love it. There's an episode <laughs> you're going to love where the theater comes to town and they have like an amateur night, like as a big, <laughs> big, like grand opening of the theater's amateur night. And so everybody in Deadwood gathers around outside the theater, like oh, in man. a giant circle. And they just like take turns doing their talent <laughs> and entertaining each other. And That's like some cool. of the talents are like a guy has like a stick on his palm for five seconds. And oh my God. You're going to love it. You got to finish it. That's life. Like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like uh, that kind of thing where the, the payoff is so, is super whatever, you know, like another note I'm always getting is like, yeah. And then how do we end that? I'm like, I don't know. They just leave. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's over. Uh, like going to the fair and seeing signs. There's like always a tent. At least when I was a kid, there was like a tent for a giant horse or a giant bull, like world's largest bull, world's largest Clydesdale, pay a dollar and like come see it. And that's all it was. It was a cowboy or a cow, a cow kid, a cowboy kid, a little boy, a little and they're, they're just sitting in the front of this <laughs> shitty tent, <laughs> taking your dollars. Oh God, <laughs> this was so, this is amazing. I feel it. Now I'm like, how can I get a big horse <laughs> But it's like, you just pay a dollar and my dad would give me a buck and be like, yeah, yeah, go. And you just go in. And I remember they have it set up. So you have to walk in like an annoying like airport line where it's like you're swinging around a bunch. Mm -hmm. All these really like sweaty plastic flaps of the tent. And then you get to the end and it's just a big horse. I mean, not huge, but like big. Just there behind like a, a little pole, some fencing just eating and like I remember I did this so many times and you just you just stand there and kind of have this private moment (laughs) with this huge horse and I remember even as a kid thinking like yeah okay like mm, it's not not the world's biggest horse but it didn't matter it was like like oh my god I I'm here. Like I got to be a part of this thing. I did it. I said, yes, I took a chance on this thing. And, uh, you leave and then people are like, well, what was it like? What was in there? And it's like, yeah, it was a big horse. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that kind of idea where it's like the ending was terrible. <laughs> but it doesn't, make a difference. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I think I, yeah. Well, that's so interesting of like, You'd like say yes to take a chance on on mm-hmm. having this experience, and then the experience turns out to be shitty. But the point of it was that like 
the taking in taking the chance. Yeah. You like affected a change in yourself. You you did something. Because yeah. like to me in that story, the thing that's interesting is not the horse, but it's no. the gigantic <laughs> airport security line that you gotta go yeah. through. Because if it's just like you go through a door and it's like, see this horse. That's it. And it's a crappy yeah. horse. Who cares? But if you have to go through uh-huh. like a maze <clears throat> to get to see a crappy horse, <laughs> there's something really funny about like, yes, just like building up all of this expectation. And even though the expectation turns out to, you know, not pay off, mm-hmm. you still had like a magic moment in, in that buildup. Completely, completely. I think, I think there's a lot of pressure on, Uh, I always think I sound so dumb when I start to say like something that seems so big, but it's like, I do think there's a lot of pressure on entertainment in general, like especially in, well, in Sketcher and Improv, I'll say, where it's like a lot of pressure to be super smart Mm -hmm. and super on it and deliver like the craziest reveal. And like, to me, it's just like, I don't know, just get up there and do it and like, it, it really is like the process, the unfolding that's so cool. And uh, I'm much more about that than like, yeah, yeah, but what's that third thing going to be? Right. What's that cool like third joke going to be? Well, I, <laughs> I have to say, how long have you been playing on the boss? It's like... Oh, um, since November 20th. <laughs> okay, so in January, February, March. Yeah. April. So like almost four months. Yes. Um, or three months. And I'm super, I got, I'm super, oh God, being on the boss is great. We play Thursdays at eight. Um, please come check it out. Please come check it out. No, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you super quick to say like, Oh God, it's so, I mean, I would come and watch the boss since like I started taking classes like what, almost four years ago. And like, it is really cool. And it is a total dream fever dream to be like on the boss. Well, that's a super nice thing to hear on behalf of the boss. That's a super nice thing (laughs) to hear. But I, I, I like the, the the person who you just described definitely, I fit that category. Yeah. It, it, like I find myself stressing out a lot about sure. saying the perfect thing and, and, and being super smart. And sometimes, you know, if, if I'm honest about it, it, it does make playing not a lot of fun. Sometimes like sure. the, 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 the pleasure of playing isn't outweighed by the feeling of pressure. Yeah. That, like uh, I just have to be like, really sharp or really brilliant or something or or I have to create a perfect show. And yeah. one thing that's been really nice um since you've joined the team is is it feels like um TJ and Dave use this metaphor that like mm-hmm. you kind of like you, the beginning of your scene lays out the direction that you're going. It's kind of like you're on the highway now and you know that yeah. you're going like east on the highway. But once you know that you're going east, you're totally free to pull off at like rest stops or scenic routes or like go drive around the town I a little like bit. That. You always know that it's like, well, when we're done with this, we'll just get back on the highway. That's where we were going to begin with. And um, having you on the team, it feels like there's a lot more space for us to kind of get lost and not give quite so much of a shit about like this is going to sound horrible but like no, no, not getting it, it perfect <clears throat> yeah no that, it doesn't like, sound horrible <laughs> we, we you, you get into the show and you start to kind of be in this world sure. but then it it's like no there's just like great moments between these people and whatever like direction the show is going in is like, well, that will be there waiting for us later yeah. on. But right now there's a moment with like this kid in the schoolyard that's like, <laughs> let's do that. And sometimes let's do that for like nine minutes. 
yeah, because yes. it's like that's right now that's way more interesting than that like perfect third beat sure. joke idea I came up with, which now by comparison seems so hack and so um like unfertile it just doesn't there's no juice to it well, that, that's been a really nice because a, a lot of this conversation i think has has kind of centered around sort of like a scrappy sense of like yeah being like whimsical with a comedy but i i should say for anybody who's never seen you play that that's not exactly how you play it's certainly something that you do in the rebecca Relba show um which is coming up next month at the magnet theater yeah, by the way june 5th megan gray i think i hit reply but it's it's a go we're a go megan for june 5th at eleven thirty <laughs> friday night. so megan take that as a reply to megan i'm into it <laughs> yeah. um but that's not 100 percent what you do either because it, sure. like in bus shows there's that same feeling of like freedom and that same feeling of like let's engage and and let's let's relate to each other yeah but but it focuses a lot of times on like really kind of like small sort of poignant moments between people. And it, I don't know, in my mind, it, it it brings a lot of a feeling of freedom to our shows. Well, thank you. That's very nice. And super, it makes me feel good. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, I think for me, I, I do see a difference in like, what I save or, or like what I want to explore in the Rebecca Robles show and like what happens when I do improv specifically with the boss, with you guys. And like one of my big things, uh, that I love exploring and playing with on the boss is that, yes, I love disappearing into a world and a character very hard, like becoming that person, see literally like feeling and seeing through their eyes and their facial muscles and like reacting like that person. And so, yeah, I I would say I don't, I don't necessarily approach it with like, it's whatever and I'm whimsical and this is, no, no, it's definitely like, uh, before the comedy, cause I don't even, sometimes a lot of the time it's not funny. (laughs) What I'm doing is not funny, but it's like, I'm this person and I've, I don't know, I can't, always control it it's just like i want to be this character this being whatever it is and communicate and connect through this person or through this thing whatever i'm you know and uh that's important to me um and responding and reacting how that person would that character would uh which is not always free and whimsical sometimes it's a a horrible racist person (laughs) I haven't seen that. No, no, yeah, no, no. but... Uh, but there there have been some fairly sad, <laughs> fairly, like, yeah, moving sure. shows. Yeah, I think, like, um, yes, I think a, a definite theme for me is, like, exploring people who don't fully realize, who don't get the chance to fully realize their potential. Hmm. Um, that's always been really fascinating for me. Like, I'm drawn to characters who are dreamers, not necessarily whimsical dreamers, but like dreamers in like uh, that idea of like grew up in a sheltered community or a sheltered small town environment or maybe weren't allowed to do or see a lot because of their family or whatever or their own fears and anxieties and don't get to go after what they want and then kind of just sort of that's how their life goes. It's like a forever fear, living in fear, fear of failure. That is so sad to me. And I think kind of like almost coming full circle, it's like that's what draws me to talk to people. Like, yeah, I love sales, but that was when I worked at the mall. <laughs> but mostly it's like 
I do want to talk to people and connect with people because I want to know what do you want? Like, what do you want to experience or explore? What do you love? Like talking to people at that coffee shop before they came out, it was like, I found out one kid is into sculpture and like, that's what he'd really rather be doing, but he's doing this right now. And it's like, Oh my God, I didn't know. You know, you find out that there's all these things people are sitting on that like the scariest thought to me is like they might never go after that for whatever reason and it's not my business you know and maybe they can't for some reason but like that's what's exciting is like to me is what those characters of like oh god I have this thing that I wish I could do but I can't and it's so sad um and uh yeah I end up exploring a lot of people like that because I'm drawn to people like that we did a show last week where it ended with you and uh, you and and me getting married. Yes, because we were like each other's first time, and we mm-hmm. were kind of like in that world. In where every that's way, what you have yeah. to do. Yeah. And it was so clear that it was not right. No. And and these were just like inexperienced people, yes. and like the family life around them was like really ugly. <sighs> and it wasn't the funniest. It actually wasn't a funny blackout at all. Nope. But I found myself. <laughs> thinking about those people all week long. Yeah. Like, it, there was, like, a trace of them just kind of in my mind. And it was like, oh, those poor guys. Yes. It, it, yes. And I think it came from, like, I had talked to you about just before the show. I'm so fascinated by that that family, the 19 Kids and Counting family, mm. where uh, the Duger family, I think. They're, it's like they have these courting rules where it's like, the, as a couple, you, you always have to have a chaperone. And until... Until you're married, you can only side hug. You can't kiss. You can't hold hands. And you can't hug, like, chest to chest. Mm, no no front of body contact no, at all. <laughs> no. No. None of that. And it's fascinating. I don't... It's, sure, part of it makes... I get angry because I'm just like, that is not fair to, te- to like, teach these young people um, that, like, this is how you connect with someone. It's just such a false, this, I know, and every, to each their own, but I do get sad because I'm like, that's such a false sense of connecting and of falling in love. And I get so sad to think that, like, my God, you know, you end up with someone, you marry thinking, like, well, I was allowed to hug you and it felt good, so now we get married. I mean, ugh, it's tragic to me because it's like everyone deserves more. Everyone deserves to really know that excitement and that really falling in love and like really the ultimate like connection with another person, like a best friend connection and like a whole other level and, and, uh, that kind of love. And to tell a child that like, that's how it happens is so scary and sad and false to me. And yeah. So yes, it is sad. And I, I think about people like that a lot who that, that is, I don't know. How can you fault them? Like, that's how they grow up. And that's what they think is love. But God, I hope it works out because it's so sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I would yeah. be remiss as a host right now if I didn't give a shout out to Matt Antonucci. Oh, my God. Grant, Evan, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Armando, I love Matt Antonucci so much. Oh, <laughs> I can't help it. You know what's cool is like, uh, I mean, give me an hour because <laughs> love is great. And like, oh, he is my best friend, um, which is cool. And like, 
uh, yeah, I've gone through those that kind of those relationships and where you're. I'm still super young, but like where you're super young and you think like this is it, and like you're excited and you're just like late to work all the time because you think this is it, and then like I don't know, growing up more and more and and relationships like coming and going and and learning and all that that good stuff and sad stuff and Matt, yeah, he's my my best friend and it's crazy and like my dad and mom and everyone's super into it <laughs> and like that's important to me it just is that like I want Matt to be a part of my family and so I really wanted I wanted them to like feel that way about him and they do and that's great I, I do have to say that there is a flaw to Matt Antonucci <laughs> oh I, tell me <laughs> uh oh I don't think the guy 100% gets the godfather <laughs> He doesn't, uh, but that's, I think I love him even more for that because, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So Armando at Thanksgiving, <laughs> me and my family, we were watching, yeah, we rented the Godfather and like 15 people are sitting around this table. I've told you this, Lewis. And yes, and we made Matt watch it and he He'd was, never seen it before. He's a grown man. Never seen it before. And it's a very important movie to my family and to me and, uh, so we watched it, and then the next night we watched part two. We also made him watch Selena, which he didn't know anything about. Tejano superstar Selena Quintanilla. And he watched it with me and my grandma and my aunt Tere, and we all watched it. And yeah, God bless Matt, Matt for just... Well, that's what's cool, and I do think it can apply to performing, absolutely, where it's like Matt is so such a cool example of like, yeah, I don't know anything about this stuff. I don't know anything about... Um, uh, what you're into, what your family's into, but like, yeah, I'm gonna throw myself into it and be uh, and learn and take from it what I do like and what I do get, and then, yeah, not take and tell you that I don't think Godfather Part Two or no, it was Godfather Part One. He did not. You say it, Lewis. What does he have a problem with? What the Sicilian that? sequence. Yes, which is our favorite it's a major, part. It's you a major me. part of that movie. <laughs> yeah. And Matt is not not into it, not feeling it yet, but he'll come around. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that's a cool thing. Is like I'm definitely drawn in life to like friends and uh, people who uh, are like, yeah, I don't get that, but like we can still hang out and we can still talk about. I want to. I want to be a part of it. I want to immerse myself in what you're into and learn more about youth that way. And that's really cool. And he's, he's definitely like that. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Rebecca Robles. <laughs> it is the, an endless delight to talk oh, to you as always, Rebecca. Lewis, thank you. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Evan. No, this was so fun. Yeah, this was great. Where can people see you next? Okay. Um, well, next Thursday, the, oh shoot, but this is coming out April 15th. Yeah, so there's no, yeah. Right. Um, uh, the, well, Rebecca Robles show, June 5, Friday, 11.30 p.m. Um, Grant, Evan, do you guys want to be in it? Uh, they are That's both looking yes. down at the ground, being <laughs> totally silent. And That's I, a yes. If you want to meet Evan and Grant, you will definitely yeah. see them at the Rebecca Robles yeah. show on June 5th. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Magnet, for being a super cool place, and I love it. And thank you, Lewis, 
Thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. Oh, God. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. This has been the Magnet Theater Podcast, which is produced by Evan Ford Barden and engineered by Grant Michael Goldberg with executive producer Ed Herbstman <laughs> and is recorded at the Magnet Training Center in New York City. We can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a positive rating. Yes. We appreciate the support. Mm-hmm. Hi, Armando. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Magnet Training Center, where we teach classes in improvisation, sketch writing, musical improv, storytelling, and more. If you're interested in checking us out, we offer free weekly intro to improv classes. That's right, free weekly intro to improv classes. Mm. You can find out more about those free classes and all the other classes we offer at magnettheater.com. Also, be sure to check out the Magnet Theater for top-notch comedy shows seven nights a week. All information regarding classes and shows can be found at magnettheater.com. Oh, Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the Magnet Podcast. <laughs>